This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And today I'm Jackson Wells. And today you may be running to the bathroom. You told me right before we hit record. That's private information. Oh, that was, that was something you don't want for public consumption? Oh, and now I'm embarrassed. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Now people are going to know that I poo. Have a little potty problems today? <sighs> Not just today. Not just today. Yeah. Uh, past, past few days, um, um, I'm having a... Grumbly in my tumbly. Oh, time for something sweet? No. Oh. No, I have diabetes, dude. <laughs> Don't do that, yeah. Don't pay attention to the candy bar that I just ate. <laughs> I won't. Thank you. I'm like your dog. Yeah. My dog doesn't eat candy bars, but he does have diabetes. Right. That's why he doesn't eat candy bars. Yeah. Yeah, he used to eat candy bars all the time, which is why he has diabetes. Right. Well, he didn't, because he's, he's a yeah, dog. He's a dog, yeah. It's a cause effect. You, you freak. You freak out. There's chocolate in the room around him. Well, especially now, now more than ever, because uh, only if it's American chocolate, because American chocolate is very sugary compared to like European chocolate. Apparently, yeah. I don't. I don't know much about those chocolates. They always say like European chocolate's a lot more bitter. It's more like dark chocolate is here. Yeah. Because they say like milk chocolate. Milk chocolate. They put a lot of extra like sugar and stuff in it. Mm. I uh I, and I think I think American chocolate's better. I mean, I I, I would prefer. I've never had European chocolate, but I like American chocolate. I mean, I, you've had dark chocolate, right? Yeah, I I, lo- I don't mind dark chocolate. I I don't like it. It's just not my thing at all. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Especially when they when there's like candy bars that are just like it's it's like dark chocolate, and it just feels like you're just chew- it's like what's what's it made with like a lot of milk chocolate anyways made with paraffin wax, but um. Mm. I love paraffin wax. I believe that's what they use. Uh, I guess Does that like, mean there's chocolate crayons out there? Because there's nothing to make crayons out of, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's edible. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, something that we will talk about on a future episode of our upcoming show, Pedantic. Oh, I thought you meant Murder Mode. Like, was there a crayon killer? The Crayola Killer. Probably. Probably. There's probably some kind of like crayon killer out there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, uh, we'll, we'll do a show about murders from East and Pennsylvania. Sure. She's where Crayola is headquartered. I had a conversation one time with with an ex girlfriend because she would say crayons, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Why are you saying crayons?" She's like, "Cause that's what they're called." And I was like, "No, it's not. It's crayons. Fucking spelled crayon." Yeah, I had never heard crayons until then, and I would always hear people say crowns. Crowns, I heard a lot. Crowns in like school. Yeah, I never heard crayon until up here. But then I heard somebody else, like an actor somewhere, say crayon, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" So anyway, I got in an argument. Like it was not 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 a major argument, but it was just like a like you're wrong. It's crayon. Yeah. And um, I uh, I called the Crayola factory. <laughs> of course you did. Just, you, will, you will go to no lengths not to not win a minor argument. Goddamn right. <laughs> yeah. And you're that's not, you're not a leave well enough alone type. And that's what our show's going to be about. <laughs> yes. We are going to dispel rumors. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the etymology of words. We're and gonna phrases. call crayon factories. We're gonna call crayon factories. 
Yeah, that's what we're going to do on our show called Pedantic. Yes. Now, what 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 does pedantic mean? It's a portmanteau mm. of podcast uh-huh. and pedantic. But it is called pedantic. It's podantic. Oh, podantic. P O D instead oh. of P E D. I remember that band. Mm, yeah. Remember them? P O D. Yeah. I guess said mm, yeah, like they were a food. Ooh, yeah, I love P O D. No, they were cool. They had. Yeah. Weren't they like Christian rock, but they didn't go too far into the Christian thing? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple bands like, like that. Like Striper. I think Striper went a little more into the was Christian Creed thing. like that? I think they may have been, yeah. I don't care. I think Striper was more out and out like Jars of Clay type Christian. Sure. Not that far. Jars like, of Clay, Flood was fucking great. Yeah. Great. I listen, I was literally listening to Flood yesterday. Um, Great song. I listened to a lot of christian music i think the first time i ever heard of jars of clay is when you would get those you see those things like magazines and stuff i'm dating myself mm. i'm talking about magazines i'm gonna date myself even further well, i mean it is right after valentine's day and we are talking about the yeah. lipstick killer today i don't know what it has to do with dating <laughs> yeah. but dating yourself on valentine's day um but in back in back in the day when you would have magazines and you would have advertisements, they still have magazines today. Yeah, but one of the more when common, they were popular. Yeah, yeah, one of the when they were popular, one of the more common advertisements. And I don't know if this company's still around today. Mm. I can't imagine they are. Columbia House would always have the ad, ah, yeah, in the magazine where you get like the twelve CDs for one penny, and then you would just be on like a subscription thing where you would get overpriced CDs that they would, everybody would always cancel and nobody would ever pay. I think eighty percent of Columbia House's. Uh, records went to collections like as far as their clients because everybody wanted oh yeah 12 cds for a penny i'm in that's insane yeah and then they would just you'd be like locked in like a three-year contract you'd be paying 30 dollars for a cd you don't want every month for a year now as an adult it it makes sense to me right you know how, how it goes to collections and everything um as a kid completely lost on me i had no idea how anybody paid for these things. Right. I was too dumb. Well, they didn't. That was the point of well, Columbia. Some people did. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, some, some people, some people were on the up and up and they would pay. Uh, those people are called suckers. Uh, <laughs> those people are called people with good credit. At, at what point did you know how it worked? Was, um, was it right away? Was it early on? It was it probably take... fairly early on. Really? Yes. I never got it. It never made sense to me uh, until probably this conversation right now. <laughs> okay. You see, when you don't pay a bill, it you are considered indebted to the company. No, and, I, and, and and trust me, and I know that right. I, I have a lot of unpaid doctors. <laughs> yeah, uh, bills, um, which you would never want. No, why? I, I I hate having. It feels like I would have something hanging over my head. That's your fault. Get over it. <laughs> um, that's why you don't go to the doctor. Pretty much. That's not good. You'll <laughs> die. You'll fucking die of a heart attack at 42. <laughs> but I won't be in debt, goddammit. Right, and that's what's more more important. <laughs> well, at least I die. You'll, you'll, that's what you'll say. You'll be going, at least I die debt-free. Like I have money in the bank. <laughs> where, I mean, you could go to, uh, you know, you could start going to doctors and, you know, just fucking put it on your credit cards and shit and uh, pay it off at some, you know, at some point. <laughs> but you're like, you're that type that you don't like to owe anything more than like the the date that it's owed like yeah i i don't like having a balance on anything it's weird yeah. it's just fucking just get, put shit on your fucking credit card and live your goddamn life son <laughs> live your fucking life uh but anyway um yeah I, I i didn't know how any of that shit worked right and i didn't give a shit really about how it worked i just knew people got cds and it was pretty cool 
Uh, but, but yeah, the reason I bring that up is they would always have the well, what's your favorite type of music? And it'd be like they yeah. would have the, the 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 genre, and they would have like in parentheses like some of the bands. Sure. And I, I always remember like alternative would be like Dinosaur Junior, and the I forget the other one it would always be, and then for, they would have like Christian rock, and it would always be Jars of Clay and DC Talk. And I don't remember DC Talk really, but Jars of Clay I definitely remember. But yeah, it's just one of those things that's just not around anymore. DC Talk and and maybe they're, maybe they're they, they're probably still around. Every, um, every band's still around. I didn't listen to them. I never listened to. I only listened to one song by Jars of Clay. Yeah, well, that was one Flood. that was like their crossover hit. That one got play on like pop stations. And Flub is a fucking rock. great song. It's a good song. Yeah. It's such a good song. Um, but I never listened to DC Talk. But my next door neighbor did. Uh, neighbors. Yeah, they Remember were very the, religious. Yeah, yeah, the the girls. Um, well, the whole family. But yeah. but the girls would listen to DC Talk, and um. That's how I I knew of them. I I even went on a retreat. I guess it was or something. It mm-hmm. was I don't maybe it wasn't like a retreat, but it was some kind of a it's like a weekend thing to like a YMCA. Uh, we t- we went to Bethlehem. Oh PA, okay, PA not not over. Or as they say around there, Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yeah, is that how they say Bethlehem? Yeah, so sad. Uh, but yeah, we went to Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yes, and uh, it's like up here instead of saying Shenandoah, they say Shendo yeah. or Chendo or Chenda. If depending on who you are, uh, it's very lazy. We're very lazy here in PA. Yeah, <laughs> um, we say PA, not Pennsylvania. It, and it starts there, and then it just kind of works its way down. Yeah, yeah. To municipalities, Philly, Philly. Yeah. Instead of you know, yeah. We grew up in a town that had a big ass name, and nobody ever said like Seadale or the Dale or uh, so many people. Sometimes you you would write it more than you would say. I would say I would write it. Yeah, I would say Seadale or like two three. To like some other like when yeah. we were joking like oh yeah yo come to the two three like as a joke like yeah. we're acting even though we shared that zip code with another town <laughs> it wasn't oh, even Dar- our zip code Darby yeah yeah was it was it Darby's first I believe so yeah yeah whatever we were the better town we were the we were the actual town which is weird like I mean Darby was a town but they were a shithole and yeah. we were like the nicer town were yeah yeah, yeah it, it went to shit that's why a lot of us moved um. Anyway, so speaking of Collingdale, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I guess that's why we were talking about Collingdale. Um, yeah, long name, but you most people just say Collingdale. Like, well, our my next door neighbors. Uh, yeah, we I remember like they would listen to all that stuff, and um, it was you know it was fun. It was it was cool, but that's all I really knew about the. And it's it's funny because whenever I think of like, I never really think of DC Talk that much, but when I do, mm-hmm. I just. Because I don't know their music, I think of my neighbors. Right, because they loved DC Talk at the time. So yeah, I just remember them from the Columbia House thing. And that's all. Mostly, I know Dinosaur Junior too. I think is just remembering from that thing. Mm, I remember the name. I don't. I couldn't tell you a Dinosaur Junior song. I think if I heard one, I know there's one song I know, but I don't know what the song is. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I liked a lot of. Uh, I liked a lot of the early, uh, early to mid '90s like grunge, alternative. Yeah. Uh, music. Do you think uh, DC Talk or Jars of Clay ever went mer? That was a uh, South Park joke. Instead yeah. of an album going platinum, it would go like like Cartman had a, a, a an album where he just took old love songs and just took out Baby and put in Jesus. Like, I can't wait you to get, in, get inside of me, Jesus. Eminem had a thing about when he was uh, talking about Everlast. And he said, uh, he's like, Peckerwood mad because his record went wood. <laughs> Which I thought was a great fucking line. Yeah, I think that that I think that there's been jokes like that too. Like I went copper 
Yeah. Some, like, yes, but, but I mean, this is old. This is like a while, you know, like when was he feuding with Everlast? Yeah, was, when he was first, early two like, thousand. Yeah, it's when he was first hitting like like the scene. Basically, it's like in between his first two albums, I think. Yeah, but and it was around the time the South Park episode, maybe even a little before the South Park episode, where it was like Cartman and his uh, he has his whole uh, religious music thing. And then Stan and his friends have a band of theirs, and they're just challenging each other to see who's going to go platinum first. And Cartman sells the records, but instead of going platinum, it goes double myrrh. Yeah. I'm just thinking, though, like, uh, Eminem rhymed wood with wood. Yeah. Well, near Eminem being good way with things. I mean, he, uh, not at the, I mean, I guess at that time he was already able to get away with a lot of shit. Yeah. Because he was Eminem. I mean, he blew, he's one of those guys, I, he blew up, like, yeah. fucking fast. And, yeah, already within like two, three years, he was just a super. I mean, they they made what did they make the movie like two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. They made a fucking movie about him. Mm-hmm. Only four years after mainstream people already know who he is, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was probably the peak of his popularity. I mean, he's still like popular now, but I think he peaked in the very beginning of his career. Well, he's it, just popularity it, wise. Pop, it's like popular is like uh, I don't know who the like who the people are today who's like popular today. Within hip hop, because hip hop sucks so bad that it's like there are like so much, so many bullshit artists out there that are popular. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that their their music just stinks, but for whatever reason they're popular. Eminem like transcends all that. Let's see who's on the uh, the Billboard R and B and hip hop charts. The Billboard, Billboard, Billboard. It, it's uh, it, it ranks Shakespeare plays. Okay. So, so, so it says R&B, hip-hop, number one is look more R&B. It's The weekend, And then okay. uh, Chris Brown and Young Thug are, Young Thug are second. Uh, CJ is third. Um, Who? CJ. Whoopty is the name of the song. Okay. I don't know what that is. We're so white. We're very old and very white. And and it, I guess it's only going to give me the top three here. So, yeah, that, that's who's big. Okay, uh, fine. Then there you go. We know who Chris Brown is. Yeah. Um. And whoopty, isn't that what he did to Rihanna? Uh, that was his whoop. Oh, okay. Um, so fine. Uh, what was the second one? Yeah, Chris Brown and Young Thug. Oh, that was that was two. Yeah, and then whoopty or what was his name? CJ was number three. CJ. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's something where I think. Like Eminem, I think he was. I, I think as far as like crossover appeal, like obviously, like. If you're in the plugged into hip hop, you're gonna know uh you're gonna follow him a lot more. But as far as like I think eight mile was the peak of him being like having mass appeal to Right, that's what I'm saying. Like what like, year was what year did that like, come out? Like two thousand three, two thousand four, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe even two thousand two. So anyway, it's it's anywhere between two thousand two and two thousand four. Okay. If it's two thousand two, that's three years after he he hits fucking mainstream. Yeah. They made a movie mm-hmm. with that fucking dude. They're not making movies about young thug. Or CJ, not, you know what I mean? They didn't make a movie about Bobby Schmurda when he was when he was on. No. We did make a podcast called Schmurda, my dude, but it only lasted a few episodes. Yeah, and then yeah, we kind of revamped it a little bit. Right, it's because uh, I threw the microphone in the air and then it disappeared. That it's, happens. It's a reference to in the video, he throws his hat in the air and everybody's like, "Where did the hat go?" Hmm. It's a thing for. No, it's like he literally he throws the hat. Then, but it, but it goes off camera, and there's all these like memes and shit, you know, about like where the fuck did the hat go? Okay, so I like how you say okay. You're so old and white, Jesus. <laughs> you just rea- you react to shit weird. Where, where is the hat? 
All right. Well, we're, anyway. we're about uh, 15 minutes into our banter. I guess it's time to, to start the show proper. Yeah, this is what we do. We do 15, 20 minutes in yeah. the beginning. It's like just kind of, uh, you know, kind of loosen up a bit. It's like it's like when the late night show hosts have the monologue and and things like that. A lot of a lot of shows will do that. They'll just have their their little thing at the top, and then they'll get into the the the, the meat and potatoes of the right. Of the, oh. Hey, that's something we do for Patanic. Uh, where What's did up? where did that phrase come from to talk about like the like just basically the 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 main part of something, the meat and potatoes, like getting down to the meat and potatoes of it. Yeah, maybe that'll be how we start the first episode of Patanic about talking about meat and potatoes. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so real quick, before we get into the show, why, why don't we give a, a little, um, I, I guess like a little synopsis, a little, uh, not an elevator pitch, but yeah, just more of a synopsis of what, what the show is going to be, how, how it, how it goes down. Just kind of breaking down things like that. Like where did a certain, what do you call it, idioms? I guess we could call those like why things are the way they are sure. Like kind of taking things that you just kind of take for granted every day and and looking at them a little bit closer putting them under a microscope and that's how we'll start and from there it could go anywhere like how sometimes case in point last week or two weeks ago case in point is one yeah like where the where why case in point why that phrase i I think that might have that might have something to do with like law or something sure i don't know but but i mean like there's something worth looking into but it's it's worth looking into it's it's interesting but but case in point Last episode, we were, we were talking about the Zodiac Killer. We wound up talking for 15 minutes about like where holidays should be and rearranging the holidays. And that's something that kind of just happens on this show, but it, it's it's kind of built into Pedantic where it could go anywhere. Like we're not like this show. We 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 kind of go anywhere anyway, just because that's the way it works. But it's always something that kind of just happens where it's it's almost a bug, not a feature. And in in Pedantic, it's going to be a feature like. We're 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 picking a starting point. We have some things we don't want to talk about, but it could go anywhere. It's yeah. a little more free form than murder might do. And so what we're gonna do is uh we're gonna name the episodes from blank to blank. Like if we do really start the first episode with meat and potatoes, it will be from meat and potatoes, and let's say we end the episode by talking about bottle caps. It'll be from meat and potatoes to bottle caps. Yeah. And we're gonna be talking about everything from meat and potatoes to bottle caps in that episode. That's just an example. Yes. Yeah, we probably won't wind up talking about bottle caps. Or meat and potatoes. Maybe or meat and potatoes. Maybe we will. Maybe it won't be the first. But now now that you've... Now we'll have an appetizer first, and then we'll have the meat and potatoes, and then maybe we'll finish with dessert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever whatever it's going to be, that's that's how we'll we'll title the episodes. Um, and the way podcasts generally work is you kind of do a few, and then you figure out what your, your niche is and what your, your rhythm is. So, hey, maybe the first few would be something, and it'll wind up being something completely different two months from now. Sure, yeah. We'll find out. Um. You know, may, maybe there will be like uh, a bit in there that, you know, that we don't even know about now. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Maybe there there will be a segment in there that we don't know about now. You know, maybe there will be a few different segments. Uh, uh, it, it's it's funny because there sometimes some like podcast you listen to. It's like, oh, this podcast is just a podcast, you know, of like. Like that one particular segment from this one show. Right. If that segment was a whole show. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens. And like there's a show on the on True TV called The Misery Index, which is basically, hey, let's take who died the worst, but make it not just about deaths, like just about people getting hurt and make it a game show. Right. And and I don't think they ripped us off. But no, it's of like course it's, not. It's similar to what we what we've done. Yeah. Right. So 
but it's their whole show. Yeah. And we'll be doing, uh, yeah, we'll be doing this whole thing, which, which I'm sure is, is, is been done on other shows where they, you know, they talk about, I mean, cause there are YouTube videos where they talk yeah. about the etymology of things, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be just the etymology, you know, of, of words. Right. Um, I mean, it's a lot of, that's what, a, it, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of that, you know. And just kind of ex- like looking into how things got started. It could be like, why do they do it this way? Well, let's find out. And and also correcting uh, things. I mean, so, so if you're not familiar with uh, like the, the word pedantic, it's usually like a know-it-all, you know, so, somebody's got that, that has to like just really correct somebody else, you know. Right. Like a little, but it's an annoying, like. It's usually an an annoyance, you know. Um, <clears throat> it, it can be annoying when you want to be the know it all. You have to be the guy to correct everybody else, or mm-hmm. yeah, okay. But that's what we are. So, yeah, it's like uh, if you go to Merriam-Webster dictionary, which I'm sure we will do a lot in that uh, in that series. Sure, uh, it is an insulting word used to describe someone who annoys others by correcting small errors, caring too much about minor details, or emphasizing their own expertise, especially in some narrow or boring subject matter. There you go. So turn that into a podcast, and that's what Pedantic is going to be. Oh, that's boring. I don't want to listen to that. Yes. Yes, you do. It will make it fun. We'll make it lots of fun. Speaking of fun, yeah. what time is it? Uh, It's 7.04 on a Tuesday. And what do we do at 7.04 on a this Tuesday? This week, murder! We also do it at other times. Yeah. Did I say Thursday? No, I think you said Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday. We record on Tuesday. And it gets released on Midnight Thursday. Midnight Thursday. So what's our first story in This Week of Murder? Cleveland Strangler dies in prison. Between 2007 and 2009, Anthony Soul killed Saul. Soul? Soul? Soul. I'll say Soul. Uh, killed 11 women aged 25 to 53 and was sentenced to death for his crimes. However, an undisclosed terminal illness claimed his life before he could face his date with the lethal injection table. Authorities have said that Soul's death ha- was not related to COVID-19. Oh, good. And those murders he was charged with were the tip of the iceberg, as Soul was charged with 74 offenses overall, including charges for rape, kidnapping, and tampering with evidence. What makes you go with the name? So, so I would say like Sowell. Sowell? Sowell. 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 You're saying Soul. It's just like S-O-U-L. No, it's Sowell. 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 Sal, final say Sal. It'll make you happy. You, Thank you. You're being very pedantic. I, 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 well, I'm not exactly being pedantic. I'm just saying that's how I would pronounce it. Okay, maybe I, whatever. Okay, sure. Similar to John Wayne Gacy, Sal would typically lure his victims to his home. Lure. Lure his victims to his home, uh, where he would sexually assault them before strangling most of them. That's not nice. He. It's very, very not nice. He buried several of the victims in his basement and also left others in the attic of his home and in crawl spaces. What did he do with the, the victims? He buried them. Thank you. It's uh, oh, I say buried? No, you say bird. Oh, bird. 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 We're going to eventually, I think, pedantics going to wind up to Jackson Wells picks apart accents for three hours. Yes. A week. Yeah. My own, including my own. Neighbors of Sal frequently complained of a foul smell around the neighborhood. Sal and foul but attributed to a nearby sausage factory uh-huh. and not the rotting bodies in Sal's house. Imagine you live in a neighborhood where the smell of a factory is so bad that you can't tell the bodies are rotting nearby. <laughs> like, I remember when we first... I, you know, I, I don't know that it would be 
the fact that it's like smells so bad that the, mm-hmm. as opposed to smelling so strong. Yeah, that's true. Like apparently that was a big thing with the original factory for sriracha. Like I guess there was a really strong smell, and when people I guess they had to move their factory or do something with their factory, and I think I think they may have had to move it to a less residential neighborhood because there were so many so much complaints about just having like a like a pepper smell in the air. Yeah, like I, well I know when we. Because we live very close to a brewery. We li- we live very close <laughs> to a brewery where we are. And I remember when we first moved here, yeah. I would re- I feel like I was going outside, I would smell hops. So that's not what I would smell. When I f- This is how I tell the story. Mm-hmm. When I first moved here, and I would smell what you're smelling. Right. You Apparently, you smell it, and you're like, oh, hops. Right. I smell it, and I go, now... Our neighbor is a, an Italian woman, an old Italian woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why does she cook Chef Boyardee if she's <laughs> like an old Italian woman? Right. Like she should be cooking like real Italian food. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing cooking Chef Boyardee? Because that's literally what it smelled like to me. Okay. It smelled like Chef Boyardee. And I would smell it all Boyardee. the time. Boy- well, it's <laughs> Boyardee, but he pronounced it. Yeah. Yeah. Boyardee. Boyardee. Um, yeah, but I would smell that, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, why do I, why is she cooking that all the time? And then I found out it wasn't her, it was coming from the brewery. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I was always smelling like hops, yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. And it, it's funny, too, because uh, the, the brewery around us is Yingling, it's uh, America's oldest brewery, and... America's oldest... Continuously running. operating brewery, yeah. yeah. Not oldest brewery. yeah. Well, they, it always says in their labeling, America's oldest brewery. But yeah, the, the oldest one that's been in continual operation. And it's funny, when I drink their beer, like especially just their regular, like their 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 go-to, which is Yingling Lager. And I always taste now corn when I when I drink it. Because they use corn as like an adjunct. Like they don't just use barley hops. And they, Do they, you like, really they, taste corn or you think it's just like... I, I think I get a little bit of a corn taste. It's not, it's not like I'm drinking a can of cream corn or you, something you know there's a uh I, I guess i guess you just have now i don't i don't believe this i, I don't believe it maybe I'm it's still. in my head because i know they use corn so I'm like i'm trying to like i'm i'm uh, like subconsciously sure. seeking it out I, I that could absolutely be the case because i i don't for one second believe you have a refined palate i don't well I, I would never believe that there's a show uh I guess you can find it on Amazon Prime and Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Alice in Paris. Now, not to be confused with Emily in Paris with uh, Lily Collins. This is called Alice in Paris. And the show is about this girl who goes to these different restaurants in, you know, in Paris. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the thing is, is she was born with like a perfect palate. Like she is able to taste like any any like recipe and then tell you what's in the recipe. OK, like whatever i would never i would fail every fucking time because other right. people are like like they, they they eat it and they'll be like oh yeah the clearly it's a, it's a, a, a saffron oh this is a pinch of saffron oh and uh, this is always a time, challenge every year in house kitchen yeah like i could never this is why i could never be a fucking i can't tell yeah i can't fucking tell. I, I can tell with some things but not always like like, I remember the first thing I ever, and I know it's not exactly that, but I remember one of the first times I had a Big Mac. I was like, that's Thousand Island dressing. 
I know it's not exactly Thousand yeah, Island Rising, but but it's close. It's close yeah. enough. It's or, you would say Thousand Island, not Russian. Um, yeah, just because I knew it as Thousand Island dressing. You didn't know it as Russian dressing growing up. No, because I, I it was like my favorite dressing growing up, and we would always buy the thousand the one that said Thousand Island. Huh? Isn't Russian dressing like a little stronger? Russian but, dressing is Thousand Island. I know dressing. it's the same thing, but I think now the ones that they call Russian usually they make them a little stronger. I mean, I know it's like a Cold War thing. They call it Thousand Island, even though it's Russian. But yeah, that was always my favorite salad dressing. Yeah, I, as a kid, they, it was never called Thousand Island, like where I lived. It was just, it was Russian. It, it wasn't called. Well, me, we were a little more patriotic than you were, and I'm sorry. They, yeah, probably. It was called Thousand Island. I grew up in a Republican on. area. You grew up in, in a Democratic stronghold. That, that, does, that makes zero sense. Because the, the Republicans would be the ones that would go, Ah, oh, why are you changing the name, libtard? Well, no, back then they were Red Scare Republicans, and they they didn't like the Russians. Now they love them. <sighs> okay. Anyway. anyway um, it's neither here nor there. It's there. Where? Cleveland. Where uh, Mr. Sowell, uh, he committed his crimes, and okay. they, they thought it was a sausage factory. The city of Cleveland. <laughs> they thought his crimes were a sausage factory. Yeah. Maybe he was making sausage out of the bodies. I don't okay. think he was. They, he was just leaving them there to rot and smell up the neighborhood. The city of Cleveland ordered the house demolished in 2011. Prior to the murders, Sowell was a United States Marine stationed in Okinawa, Japan for a time. He was discharged in 1985, receiving a good conduct medal with a service star, a sea service deployment ribbon, a certificate of commendation, a meritorious mast, and two letters of appreciation. In 1990, five years later... He was convicted of rape and attempted rape stemming from a 1989 attack on Melvett Sockwell, a woman who was three months pregnant. Uh, at that point, he was sentenced to and served 15 years of pris- in prison. When he got out, that's when he started doing this whole serial killer thing. Oh, shit. And now he is, he is uh, no dead. longer with us. He's dead. He's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Argument over snow shoveling leads to double murder-suicide. This one's kind of local. This one's kind of local. I was actually in this town about a year ago. Where this happened. Mm. Uh, While we were recording our 100th episode two weeks ago, most of Pennsylvania was in the midst of digging out following a gigantic snowstorm that dumped well over a foot of snow on huge portions of the state. Around here was probably a little over two feet. What kind of berry uh, was this near? Hmm? What kind of berry was this near? Wilkes-Barre. Oh, okay. Uh, Plains, Pennsylvania, right outside of Wilkes-Barre, uh, was is one of those places that they got a ton of snow. It's also the last place I watched a live wrestling show. Oh. Yeah. So that, that in in Plains? In Plains, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was in in Plains. How about that? And this is where Plain. This is where the uh the murder in quest murders in question happened here. On the morning of February 1st, married couple James and Lisa Goy, 50 and 48 respectively, were shoveling out their car around 9:30 a.m. The Goys wound up, I, I keep thinking like, I'm like talking like a Jewish comedian when I talk about the Goys. Um, the Goy family wound up dumping some of the snow into the yard of a neighbor, Jeffrey Spade. Private surveillance videos from the block show Spade confronting the neighbors about dumping the snow on his property, to which James Goy responded by dropping his shovel and making a fist at Spade. Spade went inside with James Goy threatening to knock his ass out. And, quote, make his life a living hell as as, uh, as Spade was going into his house. And Spade turns around and goes, what? Fuck you, you fucking scum. Uh, you're, the, uh, you're the fucking scumbag. Lisa Goy chimed in. You don't know how to talk to somebody. 
That's right. You're a pussy, 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 James Goy then said. So it's an argument. Classy. Yeah. It, 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 there's a lot of arguing about snow in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of shoveled out parking spots yeah. and, and things like that and where the snow goes when you shovel it. This is a constant source of argument in Pennsylvania in the winter. Um, Spade went back inside but quickly reemerged. Go ahead, go ahead, Lisa shouted as Spade walked toward James. So, like, he, she thinks he's going to fight her husband. And it quickly became apparent that Spade was armed. Put the gun down, James yelled, but Spade shot him several times before also shooting Lisa. Lisa fell to the ground, but James was able to move toward his house, yelling out, Call the cops. Spade chased James down, shooting him again. You fucker, you, a wounded Lisa Goy shouted at him. Oh, Spade went into his house, reemerged with a rifle. Fuck, he's just, uh, he's like, you know what? One gun's not enough. Uh, told Lisa, quote, you should have kept your fucking mouth shut and shot her again. Uh, Spade then went into his home and used a third firearm to shoot and kill himself. So three guns were used here. Three people died. Uh, James and Lisa Goy died of their injuries. And then, and James Spade, well, or, uh, not James Spade. What was his name again? <laughs> Jeffrey Spade. Jeffrey Spade. He wound up killing himself afterward. Jeez. Too many guns, too much anger, too much snow. Not a good combination. Like, but really, though, like, did they have to be dickheads and dump the snow? Did he have to be a dickhead? And yeah, fucking, it's, an ex- it's an acceleration of one person not being a dick could have maybe solved this whole thing. Like, like they were assholes for, for, for doing it. You know what I mean? Right. But but then like it's like really you're gonna freak out because of snow. You're gonna shoot somebody over snow. Yeah. But yeah. well, I don't. It's probably not about snow. It's about him calling him a pussy. And, there's probably a lot more than yeah. that. There's probably and there's probably like uh, uh, there's it probably there tension. Ha- there has to be a history. The, yeah. uh, because that's really what it's gonna be. Like there has to be. Yeah. This might be just be like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. As far as that goes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's this week in murder. That's, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, the 101st featured topic on Murder My Dude. Oh, I thought you were talking about Screaming Eagles. What? Oh, the uh, 101st Airborne? Yeah. No. You said the 101st, right? Yeah. The 101st topic. This is the 101st topic. Hmm. Uh, it's going to well, be... Well, not really. No, because we have ones where we talked about more than one thing. Yeah, because we, we, we just did Zodiac multiple for multiple episodes. Yeah, we did Jack the Ripper. I was actually talking about talking to somebody about that today. I said, I don't know what topic we've ever talked about more than two times. Because most things, that if, if we, we repeated it, it's just twice. Now, sometimes it's the same thing. Like, we, we did the Zodiac Killer because it was part one and part two. Mm-hmm. We've done other things, part one and part two. Did we do a two part Jack the Ripper? I don't remember. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. like, but like, even if we did, it may have been two. I don't think we've ever done anything three times. No. Uh, and and the first thing that we might do three times might end up being Zodiac. Yeah, we might revisit some of the we suspects. Might re- and, and I could see us doing multiple episodes of Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going back and, and do, yeah, doing more suspects. I mean, we, we've revisited things like we, we talked about the Yorkshire Ripper and then we talked about him this week in Murder when Peter Sutcliffe died. We've done little no, things like that. No, I'm talking like about that. just an, a, 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 like an actual where there's the main, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we usually don't revisit things. There, there's so many things out there. that and Sometimes we do, but like I said, we haven't done it really like more than twice. So right. so uh, the first one we do more than twice will either be like Jack the Ripper or Zodiac, I'm sure. Yeah, because that's your favorite and my favorite. So they're the ones we kind of... And there's so much there in both of them, and they're unsolved, which just adds to the mystery. Yeah, uh, but but to let everybody know, um, I don't know if we, we said this, 
Uh, Murder by Dude will now only be once every two weeks. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Podcast now. now, bi-weekly can be, it can be one of two things. It can either be twice a week or once every two weeks. Really? I, yeah. I, I've only ever heard it as no, once every... Uh, it's, it's both. You can look it up. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I believe you. Um, because the way I look at it is like, well, when you're saying bi-weekly, what does that mean? Because when I first didn't know about it, it was like, what does that mean? Is that like two times a week or is that like... And then I always assume just after that, because I had only really seen bi-weekly used as like once, like bi-monthly. Yeah, like or, most people say like they're, yeah, they're being quarterly paid. Quarterly is like... Like you're being paid bi-weekly. Right. Like every I'm once like, a, yeah, the, but I wish it meant I was getting paid every two weeks. But if you look it up, it could be uh, twice a week or once every two weeks. Hmm. That's what you're doing right now. Yeah. Done, produced, or occurring every two weeks or twice a week. Yeah. Yep. yeah absolutely. Um. So our show will now, both of us, uh, so Murder My Dude and Pedantic will, will be bi-weekly. There will, will be alternating. So one week it's Murder My Dude. The other week is uh, Pedantic. So that's what we'll be doing from here on out. Uh, unless something changes. But as far as right now, it gives us more time to focus on, you know, Murder My Dude, really. Yeah, more time to show prep. Uh, there, there are some episodes where I look back and like, Zodiac's one of them. Because like, I totally missed that one like strong suspect. And it's like... Yeah, we should would have more time to kind of look into that. Well, more that's deeply. also why I'm saying that we'll we're gonna revisit those yeah. cases, which I and I want to revisit those cases. Yeah. Like I want to revisit because I think that the Zodiac one is really really interesting, um, and Jack the Ripper is going to be the granddaddy of them all, right? You know, like he's always going to be that one. You know, there, there's other things uh, that you know other topics. Um, have we do we cover King Henry the Eighth? Yes. Oh, we did. We did do Henry the Eighth. Yeah. Really? I don't it remember. was called Henry the Eighth. My dude. My dude. <laughs> yeah because we did the uh the poem mm-hmm. or whatever it was the song uh henry the eighth i am i am that yes. right yeah yep. that's it we sure did shit okay all right well anyway uh that's that and uh and yeah. this is this let's uh let's let's go to a quick commercial break ever hear someone say something wrong and you get these sudden uncontrollable urge to correct them no just us of course you have and if you want to listen to something fun funny and guaranteed to make you sound smarter than your dumb friends check out project humanoids pedantic from one know-it-all to another you'll thank us later hi this is anthony from the iwep network we're a collection of weekly podcasts that vary in all different types of topics. We can be found on all social media, as well as any podcast or music app that you may use, as well as YouTube. We go live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch every Friday and Sunday. Here's a lineup of our five shows that you may be interested in. Interviews with everyday people. Interviews and conversations on a positive note and just getting to know each other. Everyone has a story. Bangin' Beers podcast. Beer reviews, hanging out with some friends, and much more. Truth behind illusion. Are you into ghosts, monsters, conspiracy theories, and more? Then this show will be for you. Tornado Tag Podcast. Pro wrestling stories, news, and show reviews. We love supporting indie wrestling, so come check us out. Not Cool in High School Podcast. A pop culture show where we cover movies, television, comic books, and video games. A weekly topic. So come hang out with us. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on all social media, and we'll see you soon. So for this week's story, we're going to Chicago. We're going to... The Midwest, the second city. You love second city now, don't you? 
Um, you know, they, they say Second City, but yet it was like all Canadians in Canada. Well, SCTV was, yeah. And then the other Second City, like Tina Fey was Second City and she's from Philly or right outside of Philly. So I, I think it was just because it was in Chicago. Well, I think Belushi. I think Belushi might have grown up in Chicago. And no, the, Second, City. Second City TV. Was that in Chicago? No, I think it was a Canadian show. So why the fuck was it called Second City? I have no idea. Maybe it was, there was a Second City in Toronto, too. And you're bringing that up because I marathoned in a week. Yes. In Schitt's a, Creek. Yeah. So how did, how did you spend your our week off? You watched Schitt's Creek the entire week, basically. I watched Schitt's Creek. And uh, what's, what's great about that, too, is if you look at it, and I don't know if anybody put this together. I don't know if this was intentional. Uh, it's it's SC. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a TV show and it's mm -hmm. SC. And there were multiple SCTV alumni in the show. Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so you have. Uh, well, the two big ones are Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Right. And then a character on there, Bob. Uh, was was uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, he was on there. Um, David, who who is on the show, it's uh, Dan Levy's uh, character, David, which is Eugene Levy's. So there's son. a Bob and David. Um, <laughs> Mr. Show, please stop that. Oh. Um, the uh, the one that played David's boss, she is also she was also on SCTV, hmm. and I think maybe she did SNL for a minute. I don't know if she did or not. Uh, but anyway, she was on S she was on SCTV. Uh, one of the writers for the show is Martin Short's brother, who mm -hmm. was also a writer for SCTV. And I think he was on SCTV. It's always funny when like famous people have a brother that's mainly just a writer, like how one of them, one of the Murray's, right? Uh, yeah. Joel. Mur no, Joel Murray's done done uh, movies and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, the other two brothers have done. Yeah. Stuff. But like yeah, I Brian think Doyle and Joe have done. But I think I was thinking of James Downey. Okay. I was thinking of James Downey, who was a writer on SNL for like 30 years, or 25, 30 years. He was a head writer for a while, and he's Robert Downey Jr.'s brother, and he never really did anything on, on TV. He yeah. was always a writer. He was always a behind-the-scenes guy, and he was on SNL for decades. Yeah. Like, I think he was there from when Lorne came back to uh, not that long ago. <laughs> like uh, I think he might have left there on the same time like Tina Fey did or somebody like that when Seth, Seth Meyers became the head writer. Oh, wow. I don't even know. I think the head writer now is Colin Jost. Oh, really? I think. I don't know. Like, I think usually one of the Weekend Update people at this, at this point is a head writer. Hmm. It's Tina Fey, uh, Seth Meyers, Colin Jost. I, I think he's the head writer now. Wow. That doesn't matter. Okay. But, so, yeah, it's it's funny because this isn't, this is kind of our Valentine's, Valentine's Day episode, even though Valentine's Day was a few days ago as this goes out. Sure. And one of the things I was kind of wanted to do was, was the, two days ago. As we record this, yeah. Well, as we record, it was two days ago. It was four days ago as it's released. Yeah, sure. And there was the the dating game killer was one of the ones I was thinking about. Like, hey, we should do the dating game killer. Oh, yeah. But right now there's a whole podcast about it. So I'm like, I, I always try to shy away from things that get that covered that de in depth. Sure. Yeah, uh, no, that makes sense. Eventually we might do the dating game killer. Just kind of put our spin on it. I mean, people have done shows about Zodiac, of course, and all these other ones. But like, I don't know if I would ever do like Adnan Syed because that's kind of the the face that launched a the true crime ships as far as podcast goes uh but no no so i was like okay well lipstick killer because it's lipstick and um basically i think lipstick you think like uh no i, I kiss yeah, yeah kisses yeah. amorousness sure so, so yeah that's what no, I, I don't think anybody thinks that i don't think anybody thinks that word you just said amorousness yeah it's a very weird word yeah most people probably never even heard of that yeah. word amorous people have heard of yeah 
Amour. Uh, yeah. Amour. Yeah. See, break it down. Now you're breaking down the words. Break it down. You break it down. There's our wrestling reference. Uh, usually every episode we, we have to make some kind of wrestling <laughs> reference. There it is. Now, I wonder if we're going to shy away from that with the, with the new show. Or Who knows? It, or if there's going to be a wrestling reference Who in knows? there. We usually can't help ourselves, so I don't know if we... Yeah, that's that's <laughs> going to be tough. But uh, what? But but there are going to be things with the new show. Before we get uh, right back into this, uh, I'm excited about the new show. Because um, in, 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 in one way, I'm a little sad that we're not doing Murder My Dude every week. In one way. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it's like it's kind of good because you're like, all right, you know, we could focus now more on one particular episode yeah. where, where you have more time. My which, hope is by doing this, it's going to make murder my dude better. I'm trying, I'm going show. for a quality over quantity. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, but, but at the same time, you're going to, I, I might look at it and go, Oh man, you know, damn, like you could always prep every other show. Yeah, I could. If you want it to be complete dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I'm thinking, like, even a lot of true crime shows are not weeklies, and I think this is why, because, like, it's there's a lot of research you got to do. Uh, and even a lot of these, like, bigger ones have teams. Like, uh, one of the ones I started listening Absolutely. to yeah. very early on, Case File, which is uh, an Australian show. Yeah. And they do, I think their their thing is, like, they'll do, like, three weeks on, two weeks off. Right. And they have writers. They have people who are writing the shows. It's well, not I'm like, not a writer. Here, it's and, not and, a one-man show, like, and this as far is, as the production or the uh, prep prep side of it. So so to, to, to kind of uh, go, you know, take a peek behind the curtain, uh, I had a, kind of, like, a little argument with, with uh, somebody we, you know, we both know at one point. Um, and it was just about, like, about like my role in the show about how I should be doing more. And it was just, this guy's a drunk and just, you know, was just trying to piss me off. And it does to us to a certain extent, because it's like, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm of the, the school of thought of like too many, you know, you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. And you're a writer. I'm not a writer. So I don't want to jump in and start like, like I might be like, Oh, maybe we should try this or do this or whatever. But the way things are written up and everything like, that's just, that's what you do. You're a writer that you're, that's, you're just talented. Like that. you're naturally talented like that. I'm not a fucking writer. Uh, so writing something out is literally I struggle with. It's a problem for me. I could come up with concepts. Mm-hmm. I'm an idea guy. I have no problems with that, with coming up with ideas. Like if you want, if you were like, Hey, come up with a, like a list of like 10 fucking, uh, subjects, right. I, I'll have 10 subjects for mm-hmm. that's no, not, you a, come up with a ton of the topics we do. It's not a yeah. problem. It's, it's the actual research. It's just like I, the way I see myself is remember when we would listen to O and a and Anthony Cumia would just show up, right? <laughs> he would just show up and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Th- this is your baby. Murder My Dude is your baby. It's your show. It became that. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, I think it's become more and more mine as, as it's gone on just because of the division of labor. Right. right. But yeah. I know that. But I knew that because I knew that there's like not much that I can do. Also, you're not really in the true crime. I'm not. And I, right. but, I but I always say that to, to yeah. everybody. I'm like, I don't like because people are like, oh, did you see? you know something on the something something like some murder castle or murder street mm-hmm. or murder fucking flower some shit like mm-hmm. s- some like whatever 
show that just came out on Netflix? And I'm like, no. Right. I'm like, no, I don't like I don't like true crime. They're like, wait a minute. So you host a true crime show. And I'm like, yes, I do. But I don't really like it. And the reason why I don't like it is because it puts me in a dark place. I, I, I've, I've gone over this a hundred fucking times already. We would, because I would stay like at your house. And yeah, I got kicked out of my house and I was ended up, you know, ended up living at old Beep's house over here. And uh, he would go to sleep. Like, so, so it was his bed. And then there was a love seat in there, which I slept on. Now at six foot one, sleeping on a love seat, it's not very comfortable. But I would sleep in a, a love seat, and I'd play. Like, he had a couple of couches. He slept in the love seat. <sighs> What's that from? Uh, it's from Beck, loser. Oh, okay. Got a couple of couches. Sleep on the love seat. Yeah. Um. So I would like, I would be up. I don't know. Like at night, I, I'd play like SOCOM or whatever overnight. But you would, when you were going to sleep, you would put on those fucking like. Like true crime, true crime yeah. fucking shows. I still do. Like I was saying, like most true crime podcasts I listen to, I listen to at night. Most podcasts I listen to, I listen to while I'm going to sleep. Do you know what I watch before I go to sleep? Care Bears, Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay, that's th- see because well, it's not before I'm going to sleep; it's while I'm going to sleep. I I can't sleep when it's too quiet. Like you like to have a fan on, or like the fan noise. I on? put the fan noise on on I, YouTube. I put like a podcast on or. Or something, or an audio book, or something like that. I can't do that because I want to be able to actually listen to what. So do I, but eventually, because if I like, because what it what it helps, I I'm one of those people where why can't you just listen to white noise? Because it doesn't stop racing thoughts. If I'm kind of semi engaged in something, my head doesn't race. Mine, I have racing thoughts too. I just sit there, and I focus on the the. the I can't. I need something that I can actually focus on a little bit, and then I just kind of. Like cycle down in the sleep. I think you think too much. I think you could do it. I think if if you put on fan noise, you could listen to the fan noise and think about things you're gonna do tomorrow, and you know whatever. And then uh, oh no, I don't think about what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I think about everything I ever did wrong in every other day leading up to today. Yeah, don't. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, just snap your fingers and don't, <laughs> no, don't, no. Lit- literally, focus. Think about something else, and then you try to do that, and the other thing kind of shoehorns its way back into your head. Uh, I, I have a system, and it works. Okay. It's it a works bad system. It's a bad system because it keeps you fucking miserable and it keeps you depressed. Like you don't, you need more, you need like more lively. You need to paint your walls. You need to fucking put a plant in here. You need to be, you need to start watching Hallmark Christmas movies and be I, I will not be watching Hallmark Christmas movies. Because you want to be miserable and be. No, I, I want a plot. <laughs> they, have, they have plots. They have the same plot. Every last one of them. They have four different plots. Oh, okay. My bad. It's the same four plots, but they have four different ones. And guess what? They're all romantic and they're all cutesy and whatever. And now you're like, ah, death and despair. And I don't always listen to true crime body. I listen to stuff. I'll listen to other podcasts. Everything is dark that you listen to. I listen to Reply All. I'll listen to. That's probably the the cheeriest thing you listen to. I'll listen to stuff about like wrestling or like uh, fiction. I'll listen to fictional yeah, stuff. Nothing, it's usually no, like crime Nothing like fiction. romantic or cute. Or I'm not a very romantic homely. person. No, you're not, because you're very dark. Miserable. Sad. Lonely. <laughs> and I am, too. That's why I watch Hallmark and shit, because it puts me in, a, it puts me in a, a, a brighter, cheerier mood. Like, I think of, like... Is it really lonely if you don't really care? You should care. Oh. You should care. That's the problem. Why don't you care? Because yeah. depression. Because it's depression. No, seriously, you did. Me and you both have depression. 
it, you know, it is what it is, but, but you just keep it going. You keep the cycle going where I try to like think of things to get out of, of the depression. And I try to think of like cutesy things. I think the the only time that you've ever, I've ever seen you like that was when we went to the Hershey Lodge the one year. That was fun there. Yeah. You're sitting in front of a fireplace. It was, it was a real fun time. That was a hey. fucking cool. We went to that, that to that restaurant and I, I think I spent more time. <laughs> I think I spent more time with you, yeah. and than I did my own girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Was 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 my oldest son born yet? Yeah, he was like two years old. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was. I was like, was it the first year we were together? Or second? Maybe no, was he was like, like two years old. Because oh, wow. that was when he like met the reindeer at Hershey Park and things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he was around. Yeah, I just had so much fun, like going there playing like air hockey and. I do like air hockey. Air hockey is fun. There you go. See, that's what you need. You need air hockey. When we had an air hockey table, I paid for half of it. It got sold. And I never got any of the money. Sure you did. Anyway, lipstick killer. Lipstick <laughs> yeah. killer. So this is going to take us to Chicago in the mid 1940s. Uh, long before the days of forensic science or even the concept of serial killers. By the way, don't blame me for that. Okay. <laughs> uh, police work was primitive by today's standards, but the Chicago Police Department was able to bring a suspect to justice in this case. The question that persists to this day, was the suspect the real killer? No. Probably not. I don't think so either. I'm going with no. Uh, Look, spoiler alert. I'm saying no. And uh, that's that. I, 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 I am inclined to agree with you. June 5th, 1945, Josephine Ross, a 43-year-old divorced woman living in the north side of Chicago and eagerly anticipating getting married for a second time, is found dead in her North Kenmore Avenue apartment. Ross was stabbed four times in the throat, the wounds covered with tape after she had died. Ross's head was wrapped in a skirt as well. Uh, The apartment had been trashed and it was drenched in blood. And just an aside here, usually when, like, that kind of length is gone to to cover up a wound, it's usually a sign that the killer is remorseful uh, for what they've done. Like, they're trying to just cover it up thing. Like, if they take like take the time to wash the body or things like that, unless they're just kind of get ri- trying to get rid of evidence, it's usually uh, some kind of thing that just shows, like, they they know what they did is wrong and they're remorseful for it and they're trying to kind of atone in a way or cover it up. They're not covered up like they don't want to get caught unless that's the only reason they're doing it, but covered up mean like they don't want to acknowledge what they did. So police looked in the obvious suspects in, in the death of a woman living alone. They looked at her fiance. You always look at the, uh, the significant other. That's usually who it is. Uh, seems to be like if uh, somebody in a couple dies, it's the spouse or the fiance or the boyfriend or the girlfriend. They looked at her ex-husband. That's another frequent, uh, frequent culprit. Other assorted ex-boyfriends, all of them had pretty solid alibis, so it didn't look like any of them were the one here. Suspicion eventually fell on a man other residents in the apartment building had seen, kind of wandering around and drawing the eye of people because he wasn't really supposed to be there, nobody knew him. The description of the man wasn't much of detail, though. Like he was dark-skinned, dark complexion. Not dark-skinned, like, not white, but just more of a dark complexion. Uh, dark hair was found in one of Josephine's hands. But this was before DNA testing, so that didn't really amount to much more than, you know, it's not a blonde guy or a redhead. So they didn't really have a whole lot to go on here. And and one of the things we've learned over the now over 100 episodes we've done here is it was a lot easier to get away with shit back in the, like the 40s, even like to the 70s or even the 80s. 
Like, that's one of the things with Zodiac. They, they're like, yeah, Zodiac, they would have easily caught if it would have happened now. It would have been easy. Like, they, they would have gotten him no problem. Now it's a little tougher. Or back then it was a little tougher, I should say. And so uh, the, the case kind of goes cold. And later that year, December 12th, another, another divor- divorcee was found dead. This one in an apartment on North Pine Grove Avenue, not too far away from the famous Wrigley Field in, in Chicago. Frances Brown, a 32-year-old divor- divorced court stenographer, was found dead in her bathroom. A cleaning woman at the apartment had made the discovery. She heard a radio being played at a high volume, and then she goes near Frances' apartment and notices the door is partially open. Frances had been shot in the head and stabbed with such force that the bread knife the killer used went straight through her throat and popped out the back of her neck. She was found completely naked, her body washed clean of blood again, and her head completely wrapped up in towels. Close by, on the living room wall, was the thing that this killer is probably most known for. A message written in Francis's lipstick, hence the name Lipstick Killer. For heaven's sake, catch me before I kill more. I can't control myself. And so that that's kind of still to this day something that I think that might have even been a... We were big fans of the show The Mentalist. I think that might have been a calling thing for Red John, like because on the wall in red, even though it was the victim's blood in that case, it was like a symbol instead of like a word. That was something like the lipstick killer leaving his message there was a a very, very touchstone thing for crime because back then people didn't really do that. Even now to this day, people don't do that. But you'll see that a lot in fiction. You'll see it a lot more in fiction than you do in 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 real life. And I think it was because of the the allure of the the lipstick killer. And a neighbor in the apartment complex, George Weinberg, reported hearing a loud noise like a gunshot, pinning down the time of the murder to around 4 o'clock in the morning. The night clerk in the lobby's building told police that he saw a, quote, nervous man aged around 35 to 40, keep that in mind, and around 140 pounds amble out of the building around that time. One key piece of evidence was left at the crime scene this time, a bloody smudge of a fingerprint or a palm print left on the door jamb. The third and final murder attributed to the lips of the killer happened on January 7th, 1946. And this was by far the most sensationalized and most notable one, mainly because the victim is a kid, maybe because it's, mainly because it's a kidnapping. The memory of the Lindbergh baby is still fresh in people's head at this point. And on January 7th, 1946, Suzanne Degnan, a six-year-old girl living in Chicago's upscale Edgewater neighborhood, was apparently kidnapped from her first-floor bedroom. A ladder outside of her window seemed to reveal the perpetrator's access point, and a ransom note was found, reading, and the the spelling here and the capitalization here is very, very kind of scattershot. Uh, get $20,000, except for get, it's gel, it's G-E-L, but it's get $20,000, ready, R-E-D-D-Y, and wait, with an E at the end, and half the letters capitalized in the middle, for word. Do not notify FBI or police. Bills and fives and tens, burn this, but it's spelled T-H-O-S, for her safety, spelled without the E. And again, just random letters uh, along the way are capitalized. And another letter went to Chicago Mayor Edward Kelly. And this one was pretty much grammatically correct, I guess you could say. This is a note to tell you how sorry I am 
not to get old Degnan instead of his girl. Roosevelt and the OPA made their own laws. Why shouldn't I and a lot more? So Ol was spelled O-L-E, but that was the only thing that was really not grammatically correct here. Or not, like, at least it wasn't scattershot well, I mean, like the that, other that, one. That, but that's, that's old English, Ol. Yeah. And and why shouldn't I and a lot more is like a, a fragment. But yeah, it's a lot more correct than, than the first one. It's almost like, okay, well, maybe this guy isn't the best speller or something like that. But I think that always goes back to the Jack the Ripper thing and how he wrote his letters. I think everybody that does the letters, whether it's this guy, whether it's Zodiac, they're all kind of copycatting Jack the Ripper, even if it wasn't even Jack the Ripper that really did it. Um, so anyway, police suspected at the time the kidnapper did not target the Degnan family randomly. The OPA mentioned in the letter was the Office of Price Administration, which was an FDR-era organization that was also like a World War II-era organization because those two eras overlap. And that that group established price and wage controls to help lash, ration goods during World War II. Help ration goods during World War II. Um, the office was unpopular with the Chicago Meatpackers Union because they froze wages, so it meant they weren't getting any more money. And it was suspected that the kidnapper may have been a union member. An anonymous caller told police to check the sewers near Degnan's residence. So they kind of were looking around for Suzanne for a while. They weren't having a whole lot of luck but they get this anonymous call to check the sewers. And sadly, police found Susan Degman in increments. Uh, they started with, they found her head at first, uh, which is in a storm drain in an alley about a block away and other storm drains and catch basins around the area. They found her limbs and torso. Bafflingly, all the manholes in the area were covered. So it's even to this day, they're not quite sure how the killer got her body into the sewers because it didn't look like any of the manhole covers were tampered with or anything like that. So nobody really knows a search of a nearby apartment building revealed the location where Suzanne was likely dismembered. And that was a basement laundry room. The killer had wiped the floor clean, but blood traces were found in four laundry tubs. It was believed that Suzanne was killed elsewhere and then was transported to the room, but police never found or at least confirmed that they had found the actual murder site. Several leads were pursued and suspects nabbed. An arrest was made at one point of a uh, a guy named Hector Verberg. He was a 65-year-old janitor in Degnan's building. But the evidence against Verberg was very, very flimsy. Uh, just little things like the ransom note was dirty, so janitors have dirty hands, so it might have come from the janitor. Little things like that. Just like, really, that was your best evidence? So they didn't really have a lot to pin on Verberg, so they just tried to beat a confession out of him. They used some pretty commonplace and even, you know, extreme for the time interrogation techniques to try to force a confession. Uh, this is what Verberg told the media after he was released from from police custody. He said, oh, they hanged me up. They blindfolded me. I can't put up my arms. They're sore. They had handcuffs on me for hours and hours. They threw me in the cell and blindfolded me. They handcuffed my hands behind my back and pulled me up on bars until my toes touched the floor. I know eat. I go to the hospital. I'm so sick anymore, and I would have confessed to anything. So after a 10-day hospital stay, so he's in, he's basically, uh, they tried to beat a confession out of him, didn't work, so he's in the hospital for 10 days. That's how much they roughed him up. It was determined that it was impossible for Verberg to have written the notes because his English was so poor. He was an immigrant. His English was not his first language. They said his English was so poor that he couldn't have possibly written at least a note to the mayor, even the other ransom note, even though the the spelling isn't good and they there's like random capital letters the verbiage seemed like it was a native english speaker 
And so Verberg is kind of released and freed of sus- suspicion. Several other leads are pursued throughout the first half of 1946, and none of them panned out. And there were even some false confessions. The Degnan family had been plagued by ransom calls, and police looked hard at the troubled youth in the area to try to see if they could find a possible culprit. One boy, Theodore Campbell, confessed to making the calls on the orders of Vincent Castellotto, who had been, according to Theodore Campbell... I I believe that's Vincent. Vincent, yeah. Castellotto. It's not like you said Vincent. That's why it was... Vincent, yeah. Well, Vincent's not even a name. That's not... Well, it could be a name. It could be. Yeah. Like an instant Vincent. Yeah. Insta Vince. And Castellotto had been the one who had, according to Campbell, kidnapped and murdered Suzanne Degnan. It quickly emerged that even though they made the calls in an attempt to score a ransom by pretending to be the killers, the uh, the two had not actually committed the kidnapping or the murder. They knew nothing really about it. Another confession came from Richard Russell Thomas, a Chicago native who had moved to Arizona and was serving time for molesting one of his own daughters. Thomas said, quote, I want to go back to Chicago and take my medicine, even if it means the chair. However, while Thomas, a nurse, had some anatomical knowledge and some of his handwriting matched elements of the ransom note, police weren't sold on him as a suspect because he missed some key details and they thought he was just trying to get out of Arizona. Like, okay, I'll get to Illinois, they'll realize I'm not the killer and somehow I'll escape before they send me back to Arizona. That same day, uh, the to- Thomas's bogus confession, or maybe bogus confession, more on that later, hit the news. Then on June 26, 1946, Chicago police apprehended a 17-year-old who had committed several burglaries. Uh, He had a long, long rap sheet for somebody that young. The burglar was spotted fleeing the scene of his latest break-in, and police gave pursuit. Richard O'Gorman, a neighbor of the burgled house, and Francis Handley, Hanley, sorry, a janitor in the building, stopped the burglar, who pulled a gun on him and threatened to, quote, let them have it in the guts if they didn't let him buy. You can tell this is the 1940s, but that kind of saying. Yeah. I'll let you have it in the guts. Yeah, I'll get you with my gut. <laughs> uh, the witnesses let the gunman buy because they didn't want it in the guts. And police did eventually catch up to, uh, to the 17-year-old burglar. According to the official account, the burglar shot at police, but his gun quickly jammed. The burglar, uh, whose name is William Herons, uh, c- claims the police shot first. Herons. Hirons, sorry, William Hirons. I keep getting his name wrong, but so did they. <laughs> they was always they said uh, Aaron's at the time, Aaron, like yeah, the Aaron of the throne. Aaron's, yeah. William Hirons, sorry, William Hirons. Uh, he claim he claims the police shot first, and then he returned fire to scare them. Abner Cunningham. And all, <laughs> what a name! That is a total 1940s name. 1940s. Or 1920s. Yeah. 1920s. That's Nin- like 18 fucking 90s. Abner Cunningham. Abner, Abner Cunningham. It's a real Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Uh, he was an off-duty police officer who was in the area. Double day. He w- he invented baseball, allegedly. Well, some people think he didn't. So he was in the area. He was a police officer. And he was standing, like, above where this fracas was going on. So he intervened, and he took flower pots that were nearby. Because I think he was standing up on, like, a step with, like, flower pots, like, on the, uh, like, this, the uh, railings, of this, like, the concrete railings sure. on the sides. So he took three fa- flower pots... And threw them down at uh, William Herons' head. Hirons. Hirons. I can't get that wrong. I can't get it right. And even that just seems like something out of an old-timey cartoon. I stopped him by throwing flower pots at his head. Yeah. Uh, if that didn't work, he was going to find the closest piano. Yeah. 
or, or safe or a, a giant round bomb yeah. with a big wick sticking out of it yeah yeah just one of those things was going to be what was going to do uh mr hirons in so they were able to subdue william hirons yeah and as usual they bring him in to the the local precinct they take his fingerprints and that's when they say uh the chicago pd says that his fingerprints were a match to a fingerprint on the ransom note left at the Dengden crime scene. However, critics note that at the time, Chicago PD only used 12 common points that had to match to declare a fingerprint a match to another fingerprint. A good fingerprint match in modern criminology would have at least three times as many at minimum, uh, usually 40 to 100. Another thing they say is they think that they might have just planted the idea of this being a print on the on the ransom note because this ransom note was at the mayor's. I think a, a member of the media handled it. And then the police handled it, and they said, this is the only fingerprint on here. Even though all these people handled it, I'm sure they didn't all have gloves on. So a lot of people think this may have been a planted fingerprint. Per Williams' account, he suffered from treatment in police custody that seemed to corroborate uh, Verberg's uh, description of his treatment as well. Uh, William Herons claimed that he was interrogated nonstop for three days. Hirons. Hirons. William Hirons claimed he was interrogated nonstop for you know what we're just changing his name to herons from now on herons so you can get it right. i got it herons i got it now okay well you said that the last time i that was off the air oh um he was interrogated nonstop for three days denied food and water and uh he went four days without seeing his parents and six without seeing a lawyer that's what i have to do to you to get you to say his name right yeah you guys gotta herons i have Hirons, to uh, hit you with Hirons. truth serum and, and- <laughs> Well, here we go. You're reading ahead. Yeah. Eventually, a pair of psychiatrists injected Hirons with sodium pentothal, mm. then they uh, which was then used sometimes because it was believed to be a, a truth serum. Yeah, uh, they did so. <laughs> a truth serum. serum. But you you start watching Shit's Creek because now you're starting to talk like uh, Catherine O'Hara's character. <laughs> well, if you're gonna talk from like anybody, why not talk like oh, uh, Catherine O'Hara? What a great character. Okay, they did so without a warrant. Without consent from Hirons, without consent from his parents or his legal team. Yeah. While under the influence of the sodium pentothal, Hirons talked about George, an alternate personality that he said committed the lips to killer murders. William mumbled out a last name and his murmuring was eventually twisted to, into Merman and later Murder Man even. Uh, so he did say George, but then they thought, okay, some stories say, oh, he said some guy named George Merman did it, but... It's like George, because yeah, he's, he's not in his right mind. He's probably sleep deprived. He's been deprived of food and water. He's been injected with sodium pentothal. People keep calling him Hirons, even though it's his real name. People keep calling him Herons, Aarons. Aarons, yeah. Yeah. Eventually, Hirons confessed to three murders, uh, but he did so in such a way that many suspect he was either laying groundwork for an insanity defense or at the very least, he was confessing in exchange for a life sentence instead of a guaranteed trip to the electric chair. Because there was a lot of pressure. And this is a 17-year-old kid, too. And his lawyers are pushing him to take the deal. His parents might have been pushing him to take the deal. And this isn't like now where when you're sentenced to death, like the, the guy we were talking about earlier, the Cleveland Strangler, yeah. you're sentenced to death in like 2006 <clears> and then you <throat> die of natural causes in 2020. Yeah, there was a lot, of, a lot of stuff that I was watching. I was saying that, yeah, lawyers were pushing him yeah. to just just confess, just say it so yeah. you don't have to do it. Because, look, they, they, they want you to be the guy, so you're... You're going to be the guy. You're going to be the guy. Yeah. They want you to be him, so you're mm-hmm. him. So you might as well just fucking confess to, to beat, 
you know, an electric chair. Yeah. Which which is really fucking sad. Yeah, because back then it, it didn't take that long. Like, there wasn't this drawn out appeals process. Like, the, he would have probably been going to the electric chair very quickly. Yeah. And, and police did eventually match William's handprint to the print on Francis Brown's door jam, but the matching points on that print were even fewer than the 12 required at the time for a match. Critics argue that 65% of the population would have matched the, the, the print to it with the criteria they had set up. That's crazy. And searching Herons' home... Hirons. Hirons' is God damn it! <laughs> searching Hirons' home, uh, police found materials belonging to Harry Gold, who lived near the Degnan residence and was also robbed the same night Suzanne was abducted. We're going to do a thing where we just go back and just go, Hirons. Hirons. Over, over every time... <laughs> that, would, that would require editing <laughs> you know what uh and it, it just uh, it doesn't ha- it doesn't fucking help that the last time you have it written there yeah you have it spelled wrong uh-huh. you actually have it spelled her <laughs> you funny. have it herians herians instead of hirons <laughs> he's a uh he was a guard for the eagle oh, i was todd harriman's harriman's uh so they they did find in hirons's home they found materials belonging to harry gold who lived near the Degnan residence. Uh, he was also robbed the same night Suzanne was abducted. Police found a medical kit in the Hirons' home, but no blood evidence from any of the three murders. Hmm. Police and the media, media tried to frame Hirons as a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde figure. Uh, but the, as the decades move it's forward... It's Mr. Hirons. It's Hyde. Hydrons. Large Hadron Collider. Um <laughs> But as the decades move forward, it began to appear that Mr. Hyde may have been a fabrication. That maybe he was just Doctor. I mean, he wasn't a nobody's saying he was a a choir boy. He was definitely a a thief. He was a thief, but yeah. that's all he was. Yeah. And before the plea deal to put him behind bars for the rest of his life, before he even made the the confession, he actually did make that he very quickly recanted. Hirons. Hirons uh, was said in the Chicago Tribune to have confessed, and when he heard that the Chicago Tribune had put out this thing that said he had confessed, Hiron said, quote, I didn't confess to anybody, honestly. My God, what are they going to try to pin on me next? Mm. What am I, George Fodell? <laughs> oh, we'll get it to him. We'll get to him. Uh, <laughs> Hiron's tried to uh, push his innocence almost immediately after his guilty plea. He even tried to hang himself in a cell at one point because he felt railroaded by his lawyers into taking the plea. And he's like, okay, the only thing I can do to control this and to not be found guilty they can't find me guilty if I'm already dead, so I'm going to hang myself. And then they 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 found him and they caught him. He even t- he even tried to time it out and do it during I mean, that, his- that right there should tell you enough. Like, come on. I mean, now, there's plenty of guilty people who try to hang themselves sure. in their cell, too. But one of them was very smart about it, I think, and that was Aaron Hernandez, because he wasn't found guilty. So it was something like when he killed himself, it meant like I think his kids got like all the stuff they could have taken away if he would have been found guilty. Yeah. Or like sentenced. Yeah. Uh, or if, like, his appeals had run out. So, over the years, many people championed Williams' claims of innocence. Polygraph experts Johnny Reed and Fred E. Inbal, uh blasted police claims that Williams' polygraph was inconclusive. They argued that the results showed that Hirons passed the, the polygraph test. Handwriting and fingerprint analysts have also cast out some of the evidence that said that the fingerprints and handwriting would have basically or should have exonerated them or, or were at very least not a an indicator of guilt and over two dozen inconsistencies were found in the in uh, williams confession and that's fine because even though even if you did it you might not remember everything perfectly more on that later uh but maybe he did 
maybe he did kind of make up some things. They're like, well, that doesn't fit. But because this is their guy and this is the guy they wanted to push through and they wanted to have this case cleared, the, especially the Suzanne Degnan case, then he became their guy. Many people believe that the confession made by Richard Russell Thomas, who died in prison in Arizona in 1974, was actually genuine. The guy in Arizona who was in jail for molesting his daughter and said, uh, I, I, even if I go to the chair, I, I got to get this off my chest. A lot of people think he really did it. And despite being a nurse, he would always claim to be a skilled surgeon. So he may have had a better capability of actually taking a body apart pretty cleanly. He had threatened to kidnap a girl previously. The writing style of the ransom note was similar to that of the, the Degnan note. He had frequently used a car agency that was located near the Degnan home and also near the sewer where Suzanne's body was dumped. So if there is a another suspect besides um, besides William Hirons, Richard Russell Thomas might be the guy. And, and, you know, he also confessed without being extorted to do so. He didn't have to get a sodium pentothal injection or anything like that to confess. The Hirons family changed their name to Hill, which we should just call him William Hill this whole time. It's much easier to remember how to pronounce it. William's parents divorced, but William Hirons, I think he went by Bill Hirons as he got older. He was very much a model prisoner. He was the first prisoner in Illinois to earn a full college degree behind bars, and he actually used money he had saved up to pay for the education. Uh, this was before you, like prisoners could take courses for college credit, and it was back when college was actually affordable, so he was able to do that. Hirons became a teacher and a jailhouse lawyer. He set up a program to help prisoners earn GEDs, and he also would help them with their parole officer efforts filing briefs and things like that almost kind of reminds me of like Andy Dufresne in in the Shawshank Redemption where he was like this prisoner that other prisoners would kind of look up to and lean on for things like that Hirons had the Degnan case discharged in 1966 but he still had two life sentences to go and theoretically should have been out and paroled in the 70s but the media and 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 uh, then Attorney General Neil Hartigan Later saw to it that attempts to parole him in the uh, later years fell apart. Steve Hodell. I told you we were going to talk about him. Uh, he believed his father George was a lipstick killer. And the Zodiac Killer. My father George. <laughs> I wish my father George didn't kill people. Uh, the, he, he thought he was the Zodiac Killer, the lipstick killer, Jack the Ripper, uh, Judas. He, Steve Hodell. Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth. Yeah. Pol Pot. Pol Pan. Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Khan from Star Trek. Tony Khan. Yeah. Here's another wrestling reference for you. Yeah, he opened the gate. He, opened, door, he the is door, the gate. The door, the forbidden door. He is the forbidden door. Yeah. So the forbidden door is where Steve Hodell would go, and he would go in the forbidden room to plot his murders. So anyway, he, he his efforts, uh, Steve Hodell was trying to, to get William Hirons freed, his efforts and the efforts of many others did fall short, unfortunately. And William Hirons did pass away in prison on March 5th, 2012, at the age of 83, due to complications from diabetes. Yeah, I don't believe Hirons uh, did it. At I all. do not think he was a lipstick killer, no. Yeah. If anything, if I had to suspect anybody, I think it was a guy in Arizona. So that means that this, this dude has spent his whole fucking life. Mm-hmm. You know, behind bars yeah. for shit that he did over fifty years. Yeah, over fifty years, fifty-five years in prison of an 80, 80, 83 year life. Yeah. 
for a crime he probably didn't. No, more than that. 65 years. Yeah, 83. So, yeah, yeah, he would have 65 years in prison for a crime he uh, most likely did not commit or crimes he most likely did not commit. That's one of the worst ways to live, which kind of takes us to what we're going to do next. Yeah, uh, which is why go leave. The same thing we always do. Try to take over the world after this. It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right, everybody. It's time to play Who Died the Worst. It's not who died the funniest. It's not who died the first. Now, as always, the name of the game in Season 5 is Who Died the Worst. And I'm going to give Jackson Wells over here. It's me. Not one. Not one. Not two. Not two. Not four like last week. Not ten. Not ten. Three. Three deaths. That's less than ten. And more than one. Considerably less than ten. But only moderately less than four. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you about three deaths. And you're going to tell me which of these three, three people died the worst. Death number one is a gentleman named Evan Thomas Silva. He was 26 at the time of his demise, and he died in Gaines Township, Michigan. And this is pretty recent. Uh, he was at a small gathering. Um, I mean, it's kind of risky in and of itself. I don't know if they're wearing masks or not. Uh, he was at a small gathering for some friends in their backyard where the couple that had invited him over, they were announcing that they were going to have a baby shower. I don't know if this was just a flat-out announcement, like we're having a baby, or it's just like, you know how we're having a baby? Well, the shower is going to be here. Hopefully it was the first one, because they made a big deal out of this. The couple had a cannon that they were going to fire into the air in celebration. Like, yay, we're having a baby shower. Boom. And they're going to fire off a cannon. They should have just fired the baby into the air and be like, look, we had a baby. I don't think the baby's ready yet. I don't think that's how babies are born. I don't think you fire them out. I don't, th- I don't think, unless you have very strong pelvic muscles, unless you're doing a lot of kegels. There's a kegels. Uh, herons or hirons? Hirons. I got it now. The new one is kegels or kegels. Unless you have a, a very, very strong a very, very strong expulsion system when you're pushing that baby out. I don't think you can do what happened to uh, to poor poor Evan Thomas Silva here. Because when they set off this cannon to, uh, to celebrate the occasion of we're having a baby shower, the cannon instead... instead or is it we're having a baby, comma, shower? <laughs> we're having a... Don't be stinking around my baby, you yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. Shower, we're having a baby. No, we're having a baby shower. So they they fire off this cannon, but the cannon doesn't really fire. It instead explodes. And pieces of cannon fly all over the place. One of the metal shards uh, hit Silva in the chest. And he suffered serious injuries and died of his injuries uh, shortly thereafter in a Flint hospital. So death number one. So wait a minute. Was it a hospital dedicated to the Flint of the cannon? No, it was a hospital in the city of Flint, Michigan. Ah. Death number one is you're getting killed by shrapnel from an exploding cannon at an announcement of a baby shower. Death number two takes us 
to uh, another area in the Rust Belt. We went from the Flint area to another Rust Belt area, and that's Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland rocks. It does rock, but at this time of year, Cleveland also gets quite cold. I'm also rocking. You are rocking. It gets quite cold in Cleveland in the wintertime, and that can be a problem when you don't have heat. So that's what happened to Michael A. Hall Jr., a 53-year-old man who lived whoa, in Cleveland. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just because he doesn't have heat doesn't make him an a-hole. A Hall. Hall. Michael Hall Jr. He didn't have heat in his apartment. His heat had been shut off. I guess he and was... He, he didn't have a, an initial, middle initial, the second time he said his name. A. I don't know if it was Michael Anthony Hall. I doubt it. Because mm. I would hope Michael Anthony Hall has made enough money that he and his children are able to to heat their homes. I don't think they're living in an apartment in Cleveland either. So Michael Hall, he, he didn't have he he got shut off in his apartment, so he he had a, he had a he had an alter, alternative way to stay warm. He would sleep in his truck, and he would just sleep with the heat on. Okay. Unfortunately, he did he, it in his garage. It seems like he could have, or at least that his his uh, muffler his uh, exhaust pipe was not properly ventilated. Uh, he was <laughs> my muffler fell out. Big down my muffler fell out, baby. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, so he he was unable to breathe after a while because if you are in a car that is not properly ventilated and it's running <clears throat> and the heat is yeah, on, yeah, but that's usually in uh, an enclosed space. In an enclosed yeah. space, yeah. Uh, he did die of carbon monoxide poisoning. I'm going to guess that yeah. it was in a in a fucking yeah. So he he was garage yeah, or garage a garage yeah huh. a garage. So that's death number two. Death number two is you're sleeping in your car to stay warm, mm. improper ventilation, and you sure. die of carbon monoxide poisoning. Right. Death number three is a man named Timothy Wilkes, and this this one takes us to Tennessee. Young man here, Timothy Wilkes. Oh, with the name like Wilkes? I'm not sh- uh, fucking shocked that we're in the South. Uh, don't know if this guy was related to John Wilkes Booth. Okay. Um, but he was in Tennessee. He was in Old Hickory, Tennessee. <laughs> of course he was. Don't know if he was related to Andrew Johns or uh, Andrew Jackson either. Old Hickory. I get the joke. Yeah. So anyway, he and his friend were making a video for, for the YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, the YouTube, it's a, uh, it's a site you go on and... No, it's just called YouTube. You, it's not the YouTube? No. So he, he, he and his friend were making a video for YouTube. They, they, they were pranksters. They like to do the prank videos where, you know, you... You, you do, prank people. You yeah. prank people, yeah. 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 So he, they're, at a, they're at a shopping center in, in Tennessee. Yeah. They're at a place called Urban Air Adventure Park. It's one of those, like, Trump, trampoline things, almost like a sky zone. I thought you were saying Trump. It's a Trump... Trampoline. Park. Okay. No, every park in Tennessee is a Trump park. Yeah. Uh, this is a trampoline, like a trampoline park, an urban air adventure park. Okay. So what they're doing on this prank video is him and uh, Wilkes and his friend are, they have knives and they're going up to people pretending to rob them. Boy. Don't recommend this. No, don't do that. Not 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 in a state where they have a lot of guns. Yeah. Yeah. Don't recommend doing that. And here's why. Uh, because when they did this to an unnamed 23-year-old man in the parking lot, he shot them. Oh, so, he shot so wait a minute. So this <laughs> this guy had a gun. Yeah. Huh. This guy that they were pretending to rob. Now, I didn't even know anything about this story. Yeah. But when you're telling me Tennessee, I'm like, oh, wait, they have lots of guns there. It's yes. the South. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't think of doing anything like that. Right. Well, this is why you shouldn't. Because what you think would probably happen did. 
they pretended they were going to rob this guy for this YouTube prank video, and he shot one of them and killed him. Okay. So, to, so to recap, yeah, death number one, right, is you're at a party announcing a baby shower. This is easy, by the way. And you, this one's easy. You take me. a cannon to the chest, mm-hmm. or cannon shrapnel. The cannon itself exploded. Sure. Death number two is you're trying to stay warm by sleeping in your heated car. Yeah. And you die of carbon monoxide poisoning. Yep. Death number three is you're doing a prank video where you're pretending to rob somebody with a, a knife and you get shot. This so, one's easy. This one's super. So you ask me. Go ahead. So I ask you, Jackson Wells. Yes. Who died the worst and why is it number one? Well, it's number one because it's going in reverse order of process of elimination. Right. So three are the dumbest motherfuckers. So right. That's who you get rid of first. Mm-hmm. Number two, this is the second dumbest motherfucker. Right. Uh, number one actually isn't a dumb motherfucker because uh, he didn't know. Who died the worst has become who deserved to die the least. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. But but I think that that's why he died the worst. Because he goes there. It is I mean, like, the most painful one is probably getting shot. Well, the guy that got hit in the chest. But with when the, you're looking at who died too. the worst, it's not just. It's who had the worst death. Yeah, the, I, no, I get it. Yeah, it's that's how I look at it. I'm like. Plus this one, there was a fucking cannon, you know, like it was, it was, it was a cannon that exploded, you know, the one that died the the, the most peaceful way mm-hmm. would obviously be the number. Would yeah, be number he, two. he fell asleep and just didn't wake up. Yeah. Yeah. That's other, a lot of people decide to kill themselves. The other two were shot, essentially. Yeah. You know, yeah, one was shot with conventionally one was shot with an exploding cannon. Yeah. So I, I agree. I think that would be my pick, too. And that is episode 101 in the books. Uh, yeah. We will be back toward the uh, the very end of February, beginning of March, yeah. I believe. Two weeks. Two we'll weeks. Be, two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, if you want to, if you have any questions or comments. Uh, hey, we didn't do it at the top. No, yeah. we didn't do it at the top. Uh, email us at murdermydude.gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, we're at Murder My Dude uh, pretty much everywhere. Um that you can find us. Uh, I think what I'm going to do, though, even though it's a different show, just for the first episode or two, I think we may even put Pedantic on the Murder My Dude feed so people who are listening to this can get a, a little taste of Pedantic. There you go. Okay. And then we'll kind of migrate it to its own thing. Sure. Yeah, sure. We could do that. Uh, you find us on, uh, all, like I said, all social media, uh, Facebook or Podcast My Dude. Um Murder my dude everywhere else, Instagram. Yeah. Twitter. But you could even you can search Murder My Dude, you'll find us. Uh I'm even on Facebook as Jackson Wells. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, uh on, on Instagram, I'm man of a thousand and yes, you are. I am on Twitter at B P Burke. B-E-E-P-E-B-U-R-K-E. I am on Twitter. B-E-E? Yeah. Like a B P Burke was taken, so I had to go B-E-E-P-E-E-B-U-R-K-E. You used to have one called Books by Burke. Yeah, but I don't write books anymore, so you I had should. to change it. Get back to it. I don't want to do it. Yes, you do. You want to write books. You want to write books. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to redo your room for you to make it look like a cabin. You know, have <laughs> not, a- not a cabin again. No more cabins on this show, please. Lied. No. Just so you get ba- flashbacks. Oh, uh, yeah. In Uncle Moose's murder cabin. I don't want to go to Uncle Moose's murder cabin again. <laughs> oh. We got to get Uncle Moose's murder cabin t shirts made. I don't want to. With all the other t-shirts. <laughs> I just want the 50% badass, badass 50% little teapot. That's my favorite one. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's uh, that's our show. That's our show. Uh, so we hope you listen to the premiere episode of Pedantic next week. Yeah. We won't be going anywhere. We will see you next time 
<laughs> time, yeah. Just we will time. see you next time yeah. with more murder. My dude. Well, I hope you don't have any plans because we're just going to do that whole show over again so I can say Hirons right the entire time. Instead of just going through and trying to find them all, we're just going to do it from the top. Ready? Yeah. For Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burke. I'm out.